But Elon himself is a very interesting individual and is very public uh, in nature. And so you had used the word mercurial. Right. So mm. the term stems uh, from uh, the god of Mercury, who is the Roman god of war. And it also pertains to Mercury as a uh, uh, an element in that it is fluid. It moves quickly. Um, it's It can be nasty to an extent. Uh, that kind of reminds me of musk because he is very adaptive he can evolve quickly and he moves quickly and he can also be considered flaky welcome to critical thinking required hosted by lbw this podcast is intended for free thinkers entrepreneurs and knowledge seekers join us as we discuss relevant financial topics explore with guests their financial journeys and engage with experts in industries such as space, media and entertainment, real estate, and many more. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Critical Thinking Required. You're with your host, myself, Tim Bickmore, or as they call me today, Gandalf the Gray, and my colleague, Nathaniel Leach, where today they are calling him the wolf, specifically from Little Red Riding Hood. Happy Halloween, everybody. We are filming this on Halloween. We want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about something that seemed to be scary, maybe for one person, maybe it wasn't, but the Twitter deal. It's been everywhere. It's been all over the place when it comes to this specific deal and Elon Musk coming in and buying Twitter outright and actually taking it private. And so we wanted just to talk a little bit about that deal and some of the background and the history and what's going on uh, with inside Twitter. And we obviously have Nathaniel here to speak about it from a financial analysis perspective and have those conversations. So first and foremost, Nathaniel, tell us a little bit about this acquisition history and and what really came to be. So uh, background is that in April of 22, Elon Musk announced that he wanted to buy Twitter at the price of $54.20 a share. The play is the 420 is a play on marijuana. Fun fact. Uh, At that time, he waived his due diligence rights to conduct any uh, real hardcore due diligence and just essentially buy it sight unseen. This comes into play a few months later in July of 22, when Musk announced that he wanted to backtrack and did not want to purchase Twitter. Now, to that point, he had already been making musings across Twitter and other platforms saying, because of this, because of that, principally because of these spam bots that were uh, supposedly inflating the user numbers on Twitter, which I, I have no concept of. Maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong. I don't know doesn't matter because it, it doesn't matter because he wrote a contract he signed a contract wherein he was obligated pending certain um factors as long as everything fell into line he was obligated to buy the company and this came to pass here late in october as a matter of fact and the acquisition officially closed last week well, and didn't he during, I think it was in the June, July timeframe, start selling off Tesla stock in order to get prepared to purchase Twitter? Wasn't there some some potential dealings that were made? Maybe he wasn't doing that specifically for the Twitter deal, but it seemed as if he was. He started selling stock. Uh, yes, he did. He did. That's true. Um, but he was also selling Tesla stock even well before that. It started uh, late last year, I believe, 
be and he put out a poll on Twitter actually uh should I sell stock or shouldn't I and and it was basically because he was selling stock because he'd received a large amount of stock options that he was going to be paying a large amount of taxes on so he needed to raise uh capital in order to pay the taxes on these options that he received and that he uh subsequently exercised I believe so that was an ongoing thing and then as time went on maybe in preparation for this this twitter buy uh he started to sell stock uh tesla stock as well so okay and you know we're i'm glad we got to get at least a little bit of history around the deal but elon himself is a very interesting individual and is very public uh in nature and so you had used the word mercurial mm. i am curious to just tell us a little bit about elon and what you mean by <laughs> using the word mercurial to define elon musk so when I think of Elon Musk, uh, the term does come to mind. So the term stems uh, from uh, the god of Mercury, who is the Roman god of war. And it also pertains to Mercury as a uh, uh, an element in that it is fluid. It moves quickly. Um, it's It can be nasty to an extent. Uh, that kind of reminds me of musk because he is very adaptive he can evolve quickly and he moves quickly and he can also be considered flaky i i honestly don't know if he's a genius or if he's an idiot because of the decisions that he has made but at the same time he's the richest person in the world, I believe. I believe as it stands today. Yes. Yeah, as it stands today, even with Tesla's uh, recent stock downturn, still the richest person in the world. So there's, there's got to be something there. He's, yeah. He must be doing something right. But at the same time, you he was, he made this Twitter deal. He he did it with um he, he didn't he signed away his due diligence rights. That's this whole spam bot thing. Um, he it, it is now looking as if in uh in april that he paid too high of a price uh considering the downturn the increase in interest rates he initially wasn't going to put up that much equity uh he was originally going to do i think 12 billion dollars of his own money that since increase he it's it essentially doubled actually uh to about 24 25 billion dollars after all was said and done and he, they had to restructure the debt. Originally, it was going to be funded by some margin loan debt that was going to be based upon his Tesla ownership. Uh, but that went away because of increasing uh, uh, increasing interest rates. And then when you, when you put it all together, he was kind of left with a very high price deal relative to a very expensive deal relative to the free cash flow that was originating from Twitter. So before we get into what's happening now with Twitter and like what's going forward and what we think may be going forward with with Elon's deal, um, do you think that if he wouldn't have like if he would have had the ability to do his due diligence and then having the contract that he could back out of the deal, do you think he would have backed out? Or do you think that it was this is all in Elon fashion, just a game <laughs> and he was going to do it regardless? That, that that's funny that you, you call it a game because it does look like he's playing the game a lot, and yeah, you see that with a lot of rich people. Sometimes they just they don't care because they got so much money they can just 
throw enough money at the problem to make it go away. Uh, I would say that that would categorize what we've seen here as well. I, I don't know, honestly. I think that he's driven by things that we can't even contemplate. I, I mean, he's renowned for for believing that our humans hit human civilization's future is to eventually leave earth like who thinks like that well apparently some rich people do jeff bezos is another example uh believing that there that the future is space uh musk is of a similar type we just don't think like that. The majority of people just don't think like that because they don't have billions of dollars at their disposal to build such things, to go to such places. So it's hard to say if he truly believes in that he has enough money worth that he could throw at this, buy this company and make it the free, the today's free market square, so to speak. Does he truly believe in that? As we're going to get into, there is some evidence that Speaking to uh, how I would categorize him as mercurial, uh, there is some evidence that that he isn't all about the human civilization and what is good for the rest of us, the free market square concept. Okay. So, all right. Well, then that leads us into our next question of like, what's happening now? So what is going on? Can you tell us a little bit about the company, what you've seen just from a, a very basic structure financially? Uh, and, and where some of these revenues might be coming for on the costs that, that, you know, Twitter has to incur. Sure. So the initial deal was for $44 billion. That's the, the headline number. So $32 billion, approximately $32 billion of that is designated as equity. And the remainder was $13 billion in debt. Uh, so of that $32 billion, that's where I go back to where Musk was responsible for, responsible for about $25 billion. Of that, and then outside investors did the remaining 7.1 billion, either by rolling their existing Twitter holdings in or bringing cash to the table. Uh, and fun story, actually, at one point, Elon Musk and his um, underlings were were going to people and asking for 250 thousand dollar minimum investments for this 7.1 billion dollar equity contribution. They were actively going to people, getting that small amount of money to invest in this Twitter deal. And that was as a result of, as the aforementioned uh, higher interest rates, the debt markets going haywire, uh, equity prices decreasing, so on and so forth. Um, so that's how, how it looks today. And so $13 billion in debt, that's going to result in approximately 1 billion, if not greater, dollars in interest, annual interest expense per year to pay for that debt load. That's a lot. And then when you take that relative to um, what's going to be left after that, it's basically nil to nothing to negative territory. So what I'm saying is that the free cash flow of Twitter uh, after the interest expense is going to be zero, if not negative, as the way the, the business is currently run today. So that then leads into what needs to happen for this deal to make sense. Well, that means that some, some things are gonna have to change. So what's likely going to happen is that there's gonna be a focus on revenues and costs. So remember how I mentioned previously that uh, Musk was saying that, oh, this is for the benefit of humanity, so on and so forth. And then he did some stuff that, eh, really? Okay. Well, it turns out he wrote a letter to 
Twitter's advertisers and said, hey, listen, um, we're not going to go haywire over here. We, we want to keep your business. Please stay with us. He didn't say that. I'm just paraphrasing. Uh, but that's in in contrast to this being an open market, do whatever you do, whatever, say whatever you want, do whatever you want for him, because he is very cognizant that he needs to make enough money in order to pay this interest expense for one. And then on top of that, pay the debt off at a certain point in the future. So he needs money in order to do that. So he needs to continue to bring revenue in and grow revenue. So that takes care of the revenues. And then on the, the cost, the expense side, you then have, uh, over the last week, you've been hearing about how he's going to do massive layoffs. I just read a news headline that over the weekend, his his party was was going uh, was working through the weekend to figure out who to lay off. There's been numbers thrown out at 50 to 75% of the workforce. Now, who knows what's going to come to pass? But this brings up a, an interesting question about, well, okay, you're going to cut your workforce to that extent. Like, who's going to be left to maintain these advertisers' relationships? Who's going to be that relationship manager? That this is built upon relationships to a certain extent. Uh, what about R&D, research and development? Uh, if you cut too deep on the expenses side, then what you're going to be left with is nothing because then eventually your revenues could decrease as a result of the cutting of the expenses. So it's a very delicate balancing act. And it's a matter of, are there, is there gonna be like a professional team running this or is it going to be subject to, to Musk's whims? Who knows? But he's very, he's definitely keenly aware of this balancing act to a certain extent, and that he has to pay these this interest expense and the debt. That is the unifying theme throughout here, that uh, the company is saddled with a lot of debt, high interest expense. They have to make enough money in order to pay it off at some point in the future. Well, and what's interesting is that, you know, thinking about Elon specifically in his track record, he's been extremely successful in very difficult environments. I mean, making a car manufacturing company uh, and when he did it and doing it relatively pretty successful is difficult. Mm. He's also created a, a uh, rocket ship company that has also been you know, pretty successful. Obviously, investors haven't been able to see the detailed financials behind that specific entity mm. um, because it is a private entity. But overall, his track record to come into companies and to create things has been extremely successful. PayPal was another one that he was a part of. Um, and, and I think two or three companies mm -hmm. before PayPal. So overall, he has a track record to come in. And I'm going to call it, you know, the tiger effect, the Michael Jordan effect. Do you think that Elon Musk just coming to Twitter could benefit Twitter and him being at the helm due to this quote unquote Elon effect. You kind of seen it with Tesla. People just want to be involved with the things that he touch going from mercurial. Maybe he's like Midas, you know, and he's used to everything he touches turns to gold. Do we have that maybe as well? Could be. Okay. All right. But it is interesting. If you look at the hard numbers that it it is virtually like you got to make money deals to support it. Yep. Which I would assume when you're speaking of advertisers and the reason why he went out is that this idea of open open platform, open speech, you know, this unifying um, area for everyone to speak is difficult in practice. Mm -hmm. um, you do have both uh, extremes typically screaming the loudest. 
and the middle is typically muted. And I think advertisers are more looking for that muted group. Yep. Um, and so if you don't have the ability to have that, you might erode your overall growth or revenues from advertisement. Hmm. And I think that as Charlie Munger says, show me the incentives and I will show you the outcome. Um, I don't think that even Elon Musk can get away from the fundamental uh, incentives of Twitter, which is he needs advertisers for this business to run. And if it doesn't, then he has to figure out a new revenue structure, um, which he may be able to do. I'm not going to put it past him. The guy's done a lot of uh, wonderful things with a lot of wonderful companies. Um, just out of curiosity, this has been an interesting conversation going about what is and what isn't with Twitter. But what do you feel like some of this is on like a conclusion standpoint? You know, it is a, it is a private company now. Is this going to be continuous saga? Is it going to be able to hide behind non-public disclosure? You know, what happens if we're inviting other big names back onto the platform that have been beat, have been deplatformed? Does mm. that happen? Does it not? You know, where do you think it goes? So to your point, like you said, it's a private company now. So it's no longer obligated to make the public filings as it was as a publicly traded company. So there will be a lot that may be unseen behind the scenes now. But then again, they, it's the, the company is Twitter. Like Twitter as, as a tool has been instrumental, instrumental to get the word out. So <laughs> it's kind of ironic that he bought that, that the company that gets the word out. There's nothing stopping um, Twitter employees, even after being fired, so ex-employees, from getting on that very platform and trumpeting um, whatever bad, la uh, dirty laundry they want to. So isn't that the purpose of the platform? Now? That's, that is the purpose <laughs> of the platform. So it's kind of a catch 22. And from my perspective, uh, this is definitely people think that, oh, this is the end. This is the deals closed. <laughs> it's not the end. I think that there's a lot more to come and will be out there on the public square eventually. And I think that the the people that have been deplatformed from Twitter, for example, Donald Trump, I don't know. Will he be allowed to be back on? That's an that's an interesting topic in and of itself. Um there's as some people may know, Trump's uh, the the God, what is it called? So, that that social the social media platform that he's created. Um who knows? He's got a a, a an ownership in that. So while it is still alive, it's maybe difficult for him to jump on Twitter. Yes. We'll have to wait and see. And then I'm sure there's other people who have been kicked off and want to get back on because Twitter is an excellent uh, megaphone. So it can magnify, it can amplify your message uh, beyond what any other platform can offer today but that doesn't mean that it's always going to remain that platform yeah. um you know final thoughts i'll let you i'll let you end with your final thoughts because this has been a lot of nathaniel and a lot of his just following a, a, the overall deal um my final thoughts are i, I, I we kind of had it at the end of our our outline which it is going to be interesting to watch i think that you can't underestimate elon musk mm -hmm. he's again his track record has only proven that he can do you know, some some pretty crazy things and make it successful with really difficult problems, hmm. regardless if it's him or building the team around him to be able to facilitate the execution. So maybe he does fix Twitter. What does that really mean? Don't really know. But overall, it will be an interesting thing to watch and see how he goes about it. Um, he is definitely not afraid of the public eye and being pretty blunt 
and crass at points, um, you know, about his opinion and where he stands. Maybe that will have to change now that he, how he's going to try to create this more level field when it comes to the platform, instead of again, highlighting the muted group, instead of maybe the extreme conversation that goes on. Uh, how does he handle that? And how does he participate in that will be something interesting. And I think out of everything, you know, again, incentives, if you have a lot of debt and you have to service it, where do you really push and pull and how do you make it work at the end of the day, you got to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. um, so what can you do to make sure that it is effective, efficient, and maybe there are cuts, but maybe they're not as deep as they say mm -hmm. um, from watching Elon work. It's usually a lot of hype and then it's not as extreme <laughs> and it usually comes back down to the middle, um, which is usually more of a rational and, uh, you know, operational execution on things. So 75% may be out there to just, you know, get people excited, you know, get them rattled up. And then it's maybe 30%. You know, we don't, we don't know. We'll have to just watch and see. But those are just some of my final thoughts. Danny, the wolf. I got nothing. That was well said. Nothing to add. All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, to the audience for listening to us. And again, happy Halloween. We hope everybody has a safe and happy Halloween, even though this is released not on Halloween Day, but at least we can uh, give our thoughts. So thank you for listening to the two of us talk about Twitter. We'll talk to you soon. Like and subscribe. Thank you for taking the time to start your journey of thinking differently and listening to LBW talk about stuff they love. Until next time. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual on any specific security, on any specific broker dealer or custodian. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments, broker, dealer, or custodian may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the opinion of Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC. Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Leach, Bickmore, and Weiss Wealth Management, LLC unless a client service agreement is in place.